Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. The final from PNC Park in Pittsburgh. It's the Cleveland Indians to the Pittsburgh Pirates nothing. The Cleveland Indians win their sixth in a row, back-to-back sweeps, and they finish off the Pittsburgh Pirates to move to 16-9 and on the season. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And last night, the thing I enjoyed was watching Pirates hitters strike out because our ace, Shane Bieber, was on the mound. Ace Bieber. Is that a good nickname? I don't know. Something about his look. He's got that stubble beard, the dark hair, the demeanor. He looks like he could be a fighter pilot in Top Gun, in the Top Gun program, right? Ace Bieber, like... That'd be a good fighter pilot name for him. If you put a pair of aviator sunglasses on him, something tells me he would fit in right alongside Tom Cruise in that pilot's bar. Uh, he's just got that that look to him, that cool guy look to him. Uh, so Bieber goes uh, six innings, gives up six hits, but no earned runs, doesn't walk anybody, and gets 11 strikeouts to add to his historic run. I'm sure you've seen some of the numbers out there. The fact that he's in company with Nolan Ryan and Pedro Martinez, and I think tied for Kurt Sch- with Kurt Schilling for the most strikeouts after six starts. The fact that he's throwing double-digit strikeouts puts him in line with McDowell and Feller for Indians' all-time records. So that's pretty historic, pretty Hall of Fame company Bieber is keeping right now. And uh, God, it's a shame he's doing this in this 60-game season because – wouldn't you like to see this stretched out over 162 games? Wouldn't you like to see what he could do if he could put numbers up that match some of the greats over that full 162-game season? This this season will go down as a season to remember for Shane Bieber for sure. But like everything else going on in the world right now, it's a shame that it has to happen right now during this, during this pandemic. But Let's talk about the game on the field. Let's talk about Shane Bieber and how he was doing it because it wasn't just the curveball last night. In fact, uh, looking looking back at it, it looks like the first three strikeouts were all fastball. Fastball, fastball, fastball. Throws a curve to get Bell. Then throws another curve to get Moran. That's the one that got Moran tossed from the game. He was not happy about it. I think he was arguing whether or not he check swung or not. He gets tossed from the game. That's how effective his curveball is. He's not only striking batters out, but getting them tossed from the game. Then he gets a slider to a right-handed batter for a strikeout, another curve, another fastball. Then we get into the sixth inning when he's in trouble, and we'll get to that in a second. And he uses the curve and then the slider to another right-handed batter to uh, get out of that jam, and that's how his strikeouts came. So it was actually the fastball early. And then once he established he'd throw that heater to get guys out, then it was the curve. Then it was the slider. Just the bottom falling out on that pitch. I mean, uh, the catcher last night for the Indians was uh, Taylor, Bo Taylor, instead of Roberto Perez, who got the day off. And uh, let's just say his shin guards were dirty by the end of that game. His glove was dirty by the end of that game because he was going down and getting that curveball every time Bieber threw it for a strikeout. Speaking of Bieber's pitches, uh, you know, there was a great article yesterday from Mandy Bell and Sarah Lang and talking about Bieber and how effective he's been and his mix of pitches, talking about how the cutter and the four-seam fastball come from the exact same 
arm slot, right, from the exact same hand position. So you can't pick it up. You don't know which one's coming. Talking about how much he's using his changeup to really just mix something else in the throw hitters off. So last night, you know, I tweeted out, I'm going to keep my eye on the cutter and the changeup. Well, looking at fan graphs and looking at the numbers and the percentages, I was waiting for the changeup. He just didn't throw it last night. He Only 1% of his pitches was a changeup, and he threw... 99 pitches on the day, so one changeup. He threw one changeup last night. 66 pitches were thrown for strikes. He threw the fastball 34% of the time, which is actually up. At the first two starts of the season, he was in the 40s. Then he's been down in the 20s the last two starts. Maybe that's Sandy Leon calling less fastballs and more sliders and more changeups. But he got back up. You know Perez likes when the pitchers throw fastballs. He's back up to 34% on fastballs. The slider was at 17%. That holds pretty average with what he's done on the season. The cutter was actually up at 27%. It was only 21% of his pitches last time. And the curveball was at 20%. The curveball was actually down. It had been in the mid-20s his last two starts. And uh, the changeup was at 9.2%, his last start. And like I said, only one changeup last night. So they actually cut down. They, and maybe they were just saving the curveball for those two-strike counts. Maybe they were using the cutter more effectively and throwing more fastballs. So uh, it felt like that watching the game last night. I'm sitting there going, I feel like there's more forcing fastballs right now from Shane Bieber. And that's how the stats played out. My eyes did not deceive me. So, uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how he keeps – hopefully that those numbers keep changing moving forward, right? That's what you want as a starting pitcher, to keep guys off balance, not know what's coming. One day they're getting more fastballs. The next day they're getting more change-ups. You're throwing the curveball early. You're throwing the curveball late, right? They don't know what's coming. That's the key to Shane Bieber. That's the key to Aaron Savali yesterday, and that is the key to Shane Bieber. All right. Let's take a look at the game summary. Let's take a look at what actually went down on the field. And, boy, this Indians offense did not do much to support Shane Bieber. I mean, it was pretty pretty hard to watch at times. I, usually you get excited when your team comes up to bat, right? Something can happen. No, for this game, you were excited when Shane Bieber got back out there because this offense did nothing to excite yesterday. They did scratch a run across in the first inning. Uh, Carlos Santana grounds out to start the inning, but Fermil Reyes singles on an infield hit uh, to third base. Fermil Reyes booking it down the line. We talked about Carlos Santana's surprise speed. How about Fermil Reyes' surprise speed? Getting an infield single. Tyler Naquin then singles on a... Easy line drive to left field. A lot of hitters uh, today in, in this game last night were kind of using that opposite field approach where it was almost like a half swing. It was almost like I'm just going to poke this out over the infielder's head and just poke it out in the outfield for a hit. And that works. Sometimes when you're slumping or you're behind in the count, especially on these high fastballs that these pitchers like throwing these days, Naquins was a high fastball, and he just let the bat do the work. He just threw, got the bat up there. Later in the game, uh, Domingo Santana got a high fastball. Fermil Reyes got some high fastballs, and they were trying to lift it and drive it, and it didn't work. They couldn't get their hands up there. Naquins just threw that bat up there and just got it out there and let the ball go into left field. So Domingo Santana lines out. Okay, you're thinking maybe we're in trouble here. 
But Bo Taylor, the guy who doesn't have a hit yet for the Indians, Bo Taylor comes up, hits a line drive up the middle in the center field. Vermeil Reyes comes flying around third base and scores. And it's really, that's the only run they gave Shane Bieber. That was it. It was one nothing the entire time Shane Bieber was pitching. Bieber ends the bottom of the second by locking up Gerard Dyson with a fastball in the inside corner. Dyson did not agree with that call. However, he did not get thrown out of the game like some of his teammates did. In the third inning, we do get two guys on. After two outs, Lindor and Santana both single. But like I said, for Mio Reyes, they got for Mio Reyes with a strikeout. He did try to go the opposite way on a few pitches, but they struck him out to end that threat. There were a lot of wasted opportunities last night. We were getting guys on. We got a decent amount of hits. We Both teams had seven hits. We walked six times, but just wasted opportunities. Again, in the fourth, Tyler Naquin singles. Domingo Santana walks. Bo Taylor lays down a sacrifice bunt, something Roberto Perez tried to do the night before and couldn't do. Bo Taylor gets the sacrifice bunt down, moves the runners up. I'm thinking, all right, Bradley Zimmer then walks. Okay, uh, you know, you can't complain about walks, but second and third with one out, you really want him driving in a run, and Bradley Zimmer has been struggling hard. They have a mound visit, and then they strike out Cesar Hernandez, and then Jose Ramirez flies out to left to end the threat. Bases loaded again, and they wasted the opportunity. And we will look at the uh, at the splits for this Indians offense and see if there's anything positive to look at in a second. Moran strikes out to start the fourth. That's when he got tossed. Then we move into the sixth inning, and this is where things get interesting. The Indians waste some base runners in the top of the sixth after two walks. But in the bottom of the sixth, Kevin Newman singles on a soft ground ball to third base. He chopped one past the mound. He had a dribbler basically past the mound. And Jose Ramirez comes in a barehanded, can't make the play. Not an error or anything like that. I mean, he probably would have been safe even if Jose Ramirez could pick the ball up cleanly. Josh Bell then singles on a sharp ground ball to center. Kevin Newman makes it all the way around to third. So now they've got runners on first and third. Nobody out. Bieber is in a jam. He's trying to protect a one nothing lead, and now he's got runners on the corner. And we've talked about this before. Runner on third with no outs. There are tons of ways for that runner to come in and score. So what does he do? He said in the postgame, I focused on the strikeout. I knew I needed a strikeout. Adam Frazier is up to bat because he replaced Colin Moran, who got ejected from the game. If Moran doesn't get ejected, he's up in that situation. I'm sure he was kicking himself in the clubhouse for this. Adam Frazier... He gets him to strike out with the curveball. He can't hold back on it. All right. He's got that first out, right? Now he thought, okay, maybe I'll get a double play now, and I'll get out of this thing, actually, right? It's set up for it. He actually gets Jose Ozuna to strike out on the slider. He said, hey, once I got him to two strikes, I said, I'm going to throw him a slider. Let's see if I could strike him out. Strikes out Ozuna on a check swing, and then JT Riddle flies out to end the threat. Bieber walks the tightrope and gets out of the sixth inning. So not only is he dominating, not only is he striking guys out, but when he gets himself into trouble, he's working his way out, which is what makes you an ace. That's what makes him ace Bieber. All right, the Indians do add a run. They do finally, finally support this bullpen. In the eighth inning, Famille Reyes walks. Tyler Naquin then singles, moving Famille Reyes up. Tyler Naquin had himself a day. He was actually three for four. He's got his average up to 250. Domingo Santana walks, 
moving all the runners up. We again have bases loaded, nobody out. Here's where the controversy comes in. So Bo Taylor hits a ground ball to first base to Josh Bell. Bell, for some reason, he was he was playing in. They were playing in to cut off the run. For some reason, he throws like a sidearm submarine throw to home plate, and it pulls the catcher off the bag. Catching for the Pirates last night with Stallings. It pulls his foot off the plate just, just a little bit, and Fermil Reyes slides in behind him, taps the plate with his foot, Actually, a really athletic move. I don't even know if I could do that. Sliding on your left hip and then tapping the plate with your right foot. Uh, I'm not sure how he did that. But the umpire clearly knew what was going on. He was on top of it. He was waiting for Reyes' foot to touch. Calls him safe. Uh, Stallings is not happy about it. Stallings had himself a day with these umpires. He almost had a home run to left field that was called foul. It was foul. It went behind the foul pole. But it was very similar to Santana's walk-off, or not walk-off home run, but extra-inning home run from two nights ago. And you could tell Stallings wanted that call. He felt like he was owed a makeup call from Santana's home run. And they reviewed it. They said it was a foul ball. Then this play happens to Stallings. He was not happy with these umpires last night. But they replayed it, and his foot was off the plate. The sidearm throw pulled him to his left. And just as he's making contact, his foot comes off the plate. You know, it's not, maybe if it was first base, it would be easier to hold the bag, but home plate's in the dirt, right? There's nothing really to lean your foot against. So his foot comes off, Reyes is safe. We scratch across a run, we fight, we claw, we get one more run on the board. But then Bradley Zimmer grounds into a force out. He chops one up the middle. Eric Gonzalez comes charging in, throws home to get Tyler Naquin out. We still have bases loaded one out. Cesar Hernandez again strikes out swinging. He had a rough day. And Jose Ramirez grounds out to end the threat. We had bases loaded, nobody out, and we blew it again. We do get a lucky run, an unearned run, but we blew it again. And then in the ninth inning, Brad Hand comes in. And Brad Hand is locking in, guys. I know we were complaining about Brad Hand a little earlier, but... Brad Hand is locking in. He strikes out Brian Reynolds. He gets Cole Tucker to fly out to Naquin. And then he strikes out John Ryan Murphy on one heck of a breaking ball. So the breaking ball was really working for him last night. The fastball was sharp. Again, our bullpen, let me tell you, man, Oliver Perez comes in to start the seventh. He gets the first two outs. He does give up a hit, but they go to bring Wickren in. Oliver Perez, nothing could phase him, man. He hops over that first base line, back to the dugout like it's nothing. Like he just put in a good day's work and he's ready for dinner. Wickren ends the threat. Karinchak comes in, pitches a. Sh- I was surprised they went to Wickren there, right? In the last few games, they had been going to Karinchak in those situations and letting him pitch like one and a third, right? One and two thirds innings. They went to Wickren this time. They let Wickren get out of the jam. Karinchak comes in the eighth. He gets a walk and two strikeouts. He shuts him down in the eighth. And then Hand gets two strikeouts in the ninth. Everybody on the Indians pitching staff last night got a. Not a decision, but a, a something, you know, a bonus in their stat line, right? Bieber gets the win. Perez, Wickren, and Karinchek each earn holds, and then Hand gets the save. So that's pretty cool. So not only was it Bieber, it was the entire pitching staff that did it last night. 16 strikeouts total for the Indians pitching staff last night. 
Now, I'd love to tell you that there's good things on offense here, but no. I, like we said, Hernandez struggled three strikeouts, left eight guys on base. Jose Ramirez, nothing, left six guys on base. Bradley Zimmer, nothing. He had a walk, left seven guys on base. Naquin was the best hitter of the day, three for four. But MVP for a day, of course, you knew it. It's Shane Bieber. It's Ace Bieber with the MVP for a day. He's pitching on the level of legends right now, and he is probably going to be MVP for the day every time he takes the mound. All right, so are there any offensive numbers from the Indians? Anything we can maybe hang our hats on, right? Are they are they playing better home than away? I mean, a little bit. They're hitting 224 at home. They're hitting 184 away. So a little bit better at home. All right, what about... What about age? They have a breakdown on age on baseball reference. Are the young guys, the guys under 25 doing it? No, 219. Are the guys in the middle of their career, in the prime of their career, 26 to 30-year-olds? No, 208. What about the old guys? Are the old guys showing leading the way? No, the old guys over 30 are hitting 158. So can't say that. Ooh, first batter of the game. This is Cesar Hernandez here. He is hitting... 091 to lead off games. He's only two for 22 to lead off games. Remember when Francisco Lindor was leading off games? Remember when he was hitting home runs to lead off games and stuff like that? Don't you think the Indians might need a little bit of that? Leading off an inning, they're only hitting 153. So they're not doing a great job of getting rally started. What about if they're being aggressive early, right? What if they swing at the first pitch? They're only hitting 189 as a team. What if they take the first pitch? What if they're being patient? 205 as a team. Man. The only thing, there are one or two decent numbers here. In a 1-0 count, and they've had 40 at-bats that have started with a 1-0 count, they're hitting 425 if they swing at the next pitch. So there you go. They've got a 1.204 OPS. So if you get ahead in the count, swing right now. That's clearly the only time we're having success. 2-0 counts, too. They're hitting 353. All right, here's the one I was really, some of the numbers I really wanted to see. Runners in scoring position, because it felt like the Indians have not been clutch lately. With runners in scoring position, they're actually hitting 244. They're slugging 423 with 785 OPS. That's that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I really thought that was going to be worse. Two outs, runners in scoring position, the clutch stats on baseball reference, they're only hitting 207 two outs, runners, and scoring positions. So that's not great. By inning. Here we go. By inning. Now, they're only hitting 193 in the first. They're hitting 200 in the second. So they are not starting these games off hot. If they want a chance to score runs, it's the third and the fourth inning. So probably looking at the lineup turning over and coming back to the top of the lineup that second time through, they are hitting 270 in the third inning. So look for the Indians to scratch across runs. They've got 14 RBIs in the third, 16 RBIs in the fourth. They're only hitting 245, though. And then in the seventh, they seem to come through in the seventh. They've got 17 RBIs in the seventh inning. They've scored 17 runs. So, but they're only hitting 163 in that inning. They only got a 621 OPS in that inning. So I don't know how. I don't know how you could be hitting that bad, a 279 slugging percentage in the seventh inning. But yet they've still scratched across 17 runs. Oh, here's why. Here's why. This is what I was looking for. Because they've walked 
24 times in the seventh inning. That's how you scratch across 17 runs where you're only hitting 163. You walk 24 times by far the most of any inning. So if you're watch, sitting down to watch a game, you get skipped the first and the second. The Indians aren't going to do anything. Pay attention to the third and the fourth and then lock back in. Go make yourself some dinner and then go lock back in for the seventh inning because that's apparently when this offense decides to do weird things. All right. This is the number. This is the number I was searching for the whole time. First, the starting pitchers and the relief pitchers. Doesn't it feel like we've been beating up on the relief pitchers, right? Doesn't it feel like we've our offense finally wakes up and scratches across a couple runs against the relief pitchers? Well, against the starting pitchers, we're only hitting 207. We've got a 638 OPS. Against the relievers, though, we actually have a 194 batting average. We have a 642 OPS. We're actually hitting worse off the relief pitchers. I did not see that coming. There you go. Those are the team offensive numbers for the Indians right now. So I hate to spoil a day when Shane Bieber pitches so great, but that offense was really hard to watch last night, and the numbers don't lie. We're doing bad on offense. We have to do a better job on offense. All right, coming up next, we are coming home to face the Detroit Tigers. Tonight, Plutko goes against Michael Fulmer, and we talked a lot about Fulmer last time. And then on Saturday, I know you're excited. It's Tristan McKenzie making his Major League debut. I already have his Fangraphs page pulled up. We will talk a little bit about Tristan McKenzie, let you know what you're in for before his start on Saturday morning. So thanks for joining me. That's all my thoughts. Again, the final from last night in Pittsburgh. It's the Indians 2, the Pirates nothing. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be back all weekend to cover that Detroit series. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can now email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Again, clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game. Let me know what you think about Ace Bieber and his Hall of Fame-level pitching stats right now. We'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.